0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Here we go, here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not trying to pass the buck on inflation. The White House going into overdrive to pass the buck 47 if you actually adjust for inflation. And not only did they trot out Joe Biden, but Kamala Harris took a shot at it as well. Kamala's awful with her
2: weird laugh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was bad. We got more bad abortion claims from Nancy Pelosi yesterday. And, of course, AOC weighing in with this ridiculous story about ectopic pregnancies not being treated.
2: AOC is a dope.
1: It's a mess. We're going to get into all of it with Florida Congressman Byron Donalds and Power of the Future CEO Daniel Turner is going to join me to talk about Joe Biden panhandling for oil over in the Middle East. Biden sucks. Oh, man, it's a mess. 888 9910. Eight, 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 888 nine, nine, The rules uh, today and every day, they're the same on this show. You can all sing along at home. Just the boys, just the girls, just the theys, just the thems, just the zeers, just the non binary cisgender. The point is be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a. <clears throat> that is all. Happy Thursday. Uh, if you watched me host the Kennedy show last night, that was amazing. Like, thank you. Thank you if you were a part of that. Uh, you know, I got my start here at Fox. After I was brought on to Kennedy's show, somebody saw me in a comedy club and was like, we should put this guy on TV because every time he talks, the rest of us will look a hell of a whole lot smarter bingo. Now, the truth is, you know, we just had a great run together, Kennedy and I, and it was uh, the highest honor to host her show last night. I will be hosting it again tonight, and if you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page, uh, where you will also find TV clips from tomorrow's appearance on Outnumbered. I'll be on Fox Business tonight. I will be on with the great Tucker Carlson tomorrow night, and of course, Saturday, you can see me at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, if you're in the tri-state area. If you are not in the tri-state area, come hang out with your radio buddy. Let's slang a couple of jokes. I think I'm bringing my mom to the early show, it's going to be a rowdy one. Uh, tickets at newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. And if I sound a little peppy, I got to tell you this funny story off the top of the show today. Uh, I drove into the city today, gassed up the Bronco. Uh, you want to know the current price of gas on Long Island? Here it is. Ah! Ah, no, no! That's the actual number. That's I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> fill it up on ninety-three. What's what's the price? And the guy was just like. Ah! <laughs> It's bad, but I had a, you know, I had an amazing ride into the city. The reason being is everybody on the Long Island Expressway today was road raging. Like, you know, that, you know. Everybody's trying to pass you. Everybody's trying to cut you off. You know, everybody's, you know, bobbing and weaving and stuff like that. And uh, it's like it just kind of like woke me up and brought me back to like the old school. You know, like the Call of the Wild where the dog eventually just wants to go back to the woods and hunt and kill stuff. Well, I heard the Call of the Wild behind the wheel today. And as I was driving in casually listening to a song by the Eagles, all of a sudden I turned into taxi driver Jimmy Fallon. That can't be good. No, it was great. It was amazing. (laughs) All of these old moves. I don't really I'm a very calm guy behind the wheel in, like, post-taxi retirement life. I mean, you know, kind of the Taxi Driver Witness Protection Program. You don't really find a lot of us working in cable news or hosting a nationally syndicated talk show. But I was, like, alive. And it was, I mean, old-school moves. Like, you put on the left blinker and dive right Stuff like that, you know, little short stops and everything in between. And uh, I actually, I, I, there's a part of me that almost feels guilty doing it to the people behind me who are trying to race me because I'm playing with an unfair advantage. It's like I've been in vehicular combat for most of my adult life as a cab driver. So when I'm racing on an expressway with a civilian, and you're not racing like straight drag racing. It's who's getting in and out of traffic, who's ducking and diving between cars. It's, it's, I have an actual unfair advantage. I'm like the Leah Thomas of road rages. You know how Leah Thomas against a woman has a genetic advantage, a biological advantage? I have a little bit of a biological advantage behind the wheel, and it was so much fun uh, to get out there and do it. And the irony of the whole thing is I pulled through the Midtown Tunnel, easy victory in hand. Like, I mean, I demoralized. If you're listening right now in a white Jeep Cherokee... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a white Jeep Cherokee, by the way, that's a, that's a, that's a good euphemism for Elizabeth Warren because she's actually white, but she claims to be a Jeep Cherokee. But if you stick with me, if you were driving that car, there was also somebody in a BMW M3 who had a real tough time of it out there. But the irony is when we pulled through the Midtown Tunnel, all of the chicanery, you know, the trick turns, the, the, the quick accelerations and everything in between, uh, I turn on the radio and I'm listening to Kamala Harris and she's basically just trying to do the same thing when it comes to inflation. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact check. But that's all they're doing. It's really fascinating. So Biden, you know, he flies over yesterday and he's over there in the Middle East. He's doing a presser. I don't remember that ever happening. And, uh, you know, he's getting ready to meet with the Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman and beg them to pump a little bit of oil. And while that's going on abroad, you know, the crisis raging here back home is the inflation numbers that come out yesterday at 9.1 percent. And, of course, we just got these CPI reports, and uh, they show even more bad news for the Biden administration. We're sitting on the highest inflation rate in 41 years. 41 years This is a really big problem. You know the rapper P. Diddy? He was Puff Daddy when he sang it. But he had a hit song. It's called It's All About the Benjamins. It is all about the Benjamins. When it comes to politics, people vote their pocketbook. If they're making money, they do well. They vote for the people in power. Okay, that was the hustle of COVID is Trump wasn't railroaded out of office because of the pandemic, per se. I mean, technically speaking, Biden has presided over twice as many COVID deaths as Trump did despite the fact that he inherited not one, not two, but three vaccines. But the real move there, if you're just talking about you know strategy and gamesmanship, is getting Trump to shut down the economy. Took what was, at the time, the lowest recorded unemployment rate in history. Okay? And the single biggest increase for the lower end of the economic scale we had ever seen in this country. The Trump tax cuts, even the New York Times wrote about this, ushered in an era where the bottom 1%— gained more economically in household wealth than the upper 1%, than the actual upper 50% of income earners in this country. Trump was substantively really good for the economy. And despite the fact that they got him to shut it down and stall what had been record-breaking growth, at the time he left office, inflation was still at 1%. Okay, as I talk to you right now, again, it is at 9.1% and it is entirely the fault of Joe Biden. I agree with that. Okay, I don't know that Kamala Harris would, because here she is talking about, you know, it's a top priority, strategic oil reserves, we're gonna do everything we can, and you know, the usual word salad and in between. But here's Kamala trying to explain away this latest CPI report, it's clip 26.
3: There is no question that we still have work to do, but it is important to note that these numbers do not fully reflect the recent drop in gas prices. Average national gas prices have fallen every day for nearly 30 days. Since mid-June, prices are down 40 cents a gallon. Fighting inflation is one of our administration's top economic priorities, which is why we have taken action to lower the cost of living for Americans, millions of Americans. We are releasing 1 million barrels of oil a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve To lower prices at the pump. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. I'm going to
1: break this down line by line because it's just fascinating. Because again, what are they saying? We've done this. We're doing that. We're helping these people. Yo, people are getting crushed. Inflation, again, is at a 41-year high. Okay? If you're living on a fixed income, you're getting annihilated. If you're living on the lower end of the economic scale, you're getting annihilated. Why are you getting annihilated? Any reasonable economist will tell you it's because of monetary you know, theory, monetary money theory. When it comes to print and spend economics, okay, they're spending money that they don't have. Okay, They're printing this money. They're devaluing currency flooding the zone, and then there's a myriad of other things to tack on, such as the fact that they crippled the economy by giving away enhanced unemployment benefits, spending all of that money, encouraging people to stay home instead of going back to work. And oh, by the way, everything she talks about along the way, you need to understand, gas prices have fallen. I want to to acknowledge that. I don't like deny reality, but they haven't fallen, okay, naturally. They are artificially down. What do I mean by that? They suspended the gas tax. Suspending the gas tax takes 20 cents, 30 cents a gallon in some states off the price of gas. They've done nothing to, to address the issue of supply and demand. So do you understand, if you slap the gas tax back on, are you ready for it? The prices, they're exactly the same. Oh,
0: wow. And
1: why does that matter? It matters- because we eventually have to pay back this gas tax, which means we're gonna be technically spending even more money because we're gonna go interest on what they just gave us.
4: Thanks, big government weenuses.
1: And to be clear, I paid over $5 a gallon for gas today. Don't talk to me like I'm getting a bargain. I'm not saving money because it was 580 a week ago and now it's 540 now. It's still nearly $3 higher than where it was when you took over. When you're right, you're right. You're right. So all of the claim that all prices are down. Woohoo. Hey. Okay. And when she says, oh, well, we've taken action to lower the cost of living for Americans. <laughs> Yo, inflation is at a 41 year high. Do you know what that means? That means everybody, everybody is paying more.
5: Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
1: When she says, oh, we're releasing a million barrels of oil a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to lower prices at the pump. Yeah, what did we find out last week? We're releasing that oil first and foremost and selling it to China, our number one geopolitical fo- foe. Okay, we're decimated on the energy home front. Why? Because we wanted to pivot to green energy. So we declared war in the fossil fuel industry here and we took all of our need for oil – And outsourced it to countries who burn it filthier than we do. So I've said this a million times on the show, but we are polluting more under the current plan because instead of getting it clean here, where it's slightly more regulated, we're getting it from other parts of the world and then using extra fuel to ship it back here. That's
2: stupid. Use
1: your common sense. But bigger than that. Okay. They started releasing a million barrels a day from the Strategic Oil Reserves back in March. It had no effect on the price. The price went up a dollar since then, over a dollar since then. So everything she just outlined is not helping you. It has nothing to do with helping you. It has everything to do with creating the appearance that they are helping you. This is politics as usual. Because, again, they're not concerned about you. They're concerned about them. It bothers me, you know, because I'm a guy who cares, I, you know, I come on the show and tell you all the cool things I'm doing. Well, I'm hosting a TV show. I'm going to be on Tucker, bro. It's amazing. It is. But I'm one of you. Okay. It's still, it bothers me because there's this indifference. You understand? I didn't grow up around politics. Okay. I know a lot of politicians. Now you hear them all come on the show and hang out with them. You see them at the parties and stuff like that. But what I'm so amazed by is just the brazen indifference they have to real time suffering. Ah, it's not my mess. We'll try Kamala out there. She'll say something nice about the administration. Maybe the kids are hungry. She'll serve up a little bit of word salad. Listen to this word salad. That's clip 27.
3: Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home.
1: (laughs) You need to get to go. And be able to get to go where you need to go to get the work done to get home.
2: Are you stupid or something?
1: She's criminally stupid. Like it's it's actually it's like a hard thing to watch. But I have to tell you this, man, because it's it's really crazy to me. Okay, because we've gotten to a point now where you've even got people like CNN are flat out trashing this administration. CNN is the worst. They are, but to their credit, they don't want to be around this. Okay. Here is Harry Enten yesterday. Okay, not Harry yesterday. I'm reading the wrong clip to you because I'm an idiot. Here's Jake Tapper yesterday, flat out hitting Biden's top advisor on inflation. Clip 21.
6: I just feel like uh, every month um, one of you nice people from the White House comes on the show to talk about inflation. And you talk about these tools
1: uh, in the president's toolkit and you don't use them. You don't use these tools. Uh, And, you know, there's. Debating and discussing going on, uh, and meanwhile prices are still going up. Think about that, okay? That's CNN. CNN does not, okay? They do not want to go after on any level a Democrat anywhere near elected office.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
1: But this is the deal, okay? The reason, and I said this earlier in the week, you're starting to hear things like, "Hey, bye. What the hell's going on?" Is because they realize they look bad if they continue to defend what we all know is indefensible, and that's that's the thing you got to understand and that's the thing you got to understand okay is the frustration we all have in this moment okay is you know every one of these excuses you know every one of them OK, whether it's, uh, it's Putin's price site, uh, strategic oil, it's the Republicans, it's MAGA, every single one of these. OK, even if you were dumb enough to believe them, they wouldn't help you pay for any of these goods. And that's my biggest frustration. You know, being the president, being the vice president is an emotional job. And the emotion of this job is denying them the self-awareness that should tell them they look insane. To everybody else. Maybe in hindsight, they'll know that. But that's the bottom line is even if you bought all of this B.S., it still wouldn't solve your problem.
0: What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're riding around with America's cabbie.
4: Taxi. Taxi.
0: You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
1: All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenix Total Tea. Nugenix Total T. it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenix Total T. testosterone booster has testifin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenix Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text 231 231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of new genix thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply Introducing Barbie's Inflation Dreamhouse, the toy that costs more every time you play with it.
2: Hmm? What's going on?
1: Barbie's Inflation Dreamhouse comes with three jobs so she can put gas in her Corvette.
2: I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. <sighs>
1: And while there's no fancy bathroom, Barbie has plenty of discount toilet paper because she can't afford the good stuff.
2: Oh, my gosh. My cheeks are killing me.
1: Barbie's Inflation Dream House. On sale now so Barbie can move into a more affordable place.
2: Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: Good gosh. Who writes this crap? Oh, I do? Oh, geez. Well, hey, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon still writing inflation bits over here. Why? Because it's out of control. And again, I played you a clip earlier from Jake Tapper. Here is Harry Enten on CNN explaining Biden's inflation disapproval numbers. It's clip 22.
6: Take a look at Joe Biden's job disapproval rating since last year, July of 2022. Then look at it in seven months ago in December of 2021, uh, July of 2021. December of 2021 and now, what do you see? You see his disapproval rating is rising from the 40s into the high 50s. At the same time, look at the percentage of people who say that their top familial concern is, in fact, inflation. Back in July of 2021, a year ago, it was basically nobody who was saying that inflation was a large concern, maybe outside of Larry Summers. Then it started picking up in December of 2021, and now it is a clear number one issue, and we see this clear correlation. As more people are concerned about inflation... Joe Biden's disapproval rating climbs ever higher.
1: Listen, man, again and again and again, you got to understand, Joe Biden, if CNN is calling you out, this could be a problem. It's Joe Biden's. I mean, he's finished because they don't have the majorities. They don't have the votes to change anything substantively between now and the actual midterms. And the midterms are going to be, you know, political bloodbath of epic proportions So Barack Obama holds the highest record for seats lost in a midterm election.
0: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department.
1: Yeah, well, the good news is he's going to be holding the silver medal when Biden gets done because he's on pace to maybe lose as many as 90 seats. So there's no actual saving this in the short term. But I'm not here rooting for political outcomes. I'm here rooting for life outcomes. So we do need to turn this bus around. And thankfully, on a solutions-based show like this, we will offer some when we come back. Right here on The Big Bad, one and only... Fox Across
0: America. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And now,
5: great moments in presidential history. The only
2: thing we
4: have to fear is
2: fear itself.
4: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh um like to be able to anyway.
0: Oh
1: man, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together on a Thursday. I'm in a peppy mood. The economy not so peppy. The lies are everywhere. I meant to play this to you earlier in the in the week. Uh man oh boy oh man, this stuff just drives me nuts. Biden was meeting at the White House on Monday with President Obrador of Mexico, and I want you to pay attention to the last sentence of this. He tries telling Obrador that the United States has the fastest growing economy in the world. That is a fact check false. Now, why can I make that claim without even citing any data but one specific statistic? Because our economy Actually shrank last quarter. Correct the mundo. So we can't have the fastest growing economy in the world because it's not growing. OK, other economies are if you want to delve into specifics. But this is the shamelessness I'm talking about. This is the problem of politicians. OK, I am not I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I personally don't actually think Trump's running again. I've said this a lot on the show. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't care. He's substantively better for the country than the Democrats are, than Joe Biden is. So don't take it as a bash so much as I really, you know, I just have instincts. OK, but the bottom line here is traditional politicians It's more glaring to us now because we just had somebody who wasn't a traditional politician. Trump was not concerned with making himself look good. Don't get me wrong. He embellishes about how great he is, how much people like him, you know, stuff all the time. But the point is when Biden gets out there and just tells a brazen, easily refutable lie – He's doing so with one concern, and that concern is self-preservation. Trump, for whatever you think of him, okay, I don't care, but for whatever you think of him, you like you could hate him, it doesn't matter. He was a leader. He took positions, whether you like them or not, that he thought were right for the country, okay? Joe Biden is not a leader. He does not lead the room. He reads the room. He's reading the room right now, and he says, oh, they're upset with me about this economy, so uh, I better make up some crap. I better blame some other people. No, no, no. If you want to be a leader, you lead the room. You, You fix the economy. You fire some of the people who've let us into this pocket. You start resisting the people that have hijacked your presidency on the far left like AOC or somebody like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi
0: is a total dingbat.
1: But the point is he's not doing that. OK, he's reading the room and he's decided, well, I guess I better start lying to the room. Listen to this clip. It's clip 20.
4: Well, Mr. President, uh, you've had a lot of important things to say. And we have much agreement. And some of the details, we'll have a chance to talk about what the disagreement is. But the thrust of what you're saying, we agree with. We need to work closer together. And my note of all the major economies in the world, we are the fastest growing. We in the United States
0: already the fastest growing. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life!
1: Think about this. GDP shrunk by 0.2% last quarter. It is projected to shrink by over a point, maybe even two, this quarter. So, is the economy actually growing by shrinking? The answer would be no. Of course not, man. You don't have to be an economist. Look at it this way. Look at GDP as a pile of money. We have $100 last quarter. This quarter, we have 94. Do we have more money or less money? Oh, yeah, we have less money. But Joe Biden is looking at that very same assessment. And saying, no, 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 we, we got more money. It's growing. We have
3: a president that is clearly not all there.
1: It's, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. That This is not attributable to the fact that he's not all there. He has always been a brazen political liar. And that's why they're in the position that they're in right now. And believe me, again, as a guy who cares about what you're going through, I'd rather this problem go away than one political party have the advantage over the other. I don't care about the Republican Party. OK, I care about America. Yes, I'm a conservative. I lean to the right. I think conservative principles are exponentially better for the country than liberal principles, especially in this moment of radical progressivism. But I want our problems solved because I'm one of you, man. Okay, hear me on the radio every day. Yeah, well, Jimmy, he's all highfalutin. He's on TV. He's on the radio. But, dude, with my level of talent, it's only a matter of time before I'm back in a taxi. Let's be honest. <laughs> I got to I gotta care about the world, the greater good. You know the rising tide that lifts all boats? Well, right now, the only boat we have in Washington is called the Titanic, and everybody is jumping off the SS Biden. It's bad, okay? And that's why they're having such a hard time with this January 6th crap. I got to play you some of this. This is fascinating stuff. Okay, Joe Scarborough, you know, as big of a loser as anybody in media, and I really really do mean that. There's not a bigger self-righteous jackass anywhere in America than Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. It's very, de- I mean, I defy you. We, we use it like a rodeo, okay? We put it on sometimes and try to see who can stick with it for eight seconds, who can get, who can get as far along without just diving on the remote, like, get me out of here. This, I can't do this. But if you remember on Monday, I played you a clip because he was talking about, oh, the January 6th committee, Republicans don't care about cops because there were cops injured that day. And that means they don't care about cops. Oh, come on. Hey, ho. There's not a Republican on record, not one, who says the Capitol was okay. There's not a Republican on record who didn't condemn what went on at the Capitol. We condemned it in real time. We condemned it on a goat, uh, with a boat, on a train, on a plane. It's a straight-up green eggs and ham. Okay, cage-free eggs if you're a Democrat. I apologize. I won't get in trouble. But the point is he, Monday, tried to make the case that Republicans don't care about cops. Yesterday, he turns around and slanders the cops because this committee isn't having the impact he wanted it to. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. And why is it not having that impact? Because the economic issues facing this country are just too dire. That's true. That is true. OK, we know January 6th was bad. It was really bad, man. Even everything Trump did. It looks ridiculous to me. It, it looks bad. OK, I'm not I am not giving anybody a free pass here. But we know what went on at January 6th, Okay, The president did, to his credit, order up more security at the Capitol that day. Nancy Pelosi didn't give it to him. That's why they won't let minority members of Congress appoint panelists to this committee. That's why they won't let them cross-examine witnesses. Again, this is a trial. But there's no defense. There's only a prosecution. That's why people are calling it a show trial. The January 6th committee is entirely made up of Democrats, Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger. Okay, Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger are to Republicans what a chicken would be if it served on the board at Popeye's. It's not actually there with its fellow chicken's best interest in mind. There is no defense on this trial asking obvious questions. like, What did Nancy Pelosi know? How much security was requested? Who's Ray Epps? What's going on? None of that is being addressed in this trial. And because we have this basic agreement on the fact that this was bad, but we don't have an agreement on whether or not it was an attempt to overthrow the government by a bunch of, you know, unarmed lunatics who ran up the Capitol steps led by a guy in a buffalo hat and a Chewbacca bikini. OK, nobody's paying attention. The ratings for this thing are like below the Yule log. OK, Harry Enton, to his credit on CNN, he did say as much earlier in the week. He said this is not moving the needle. Here it is. Clip 13.
6: Before the hearings began, you know, they began on June 9th. On June 8th, my average of the polls, the generic ballot, had Republicans plus three points. Now, where is it? Republicans plus two points. You could make the argument that maybe there was a slight change, but the fact is there's so much news going on. This is not much of a change at all. And I think there's a pretty good reason why. Because what is the top issue for Americans at this point and who is trusted on that? The top issue for Americans at this point is not the January 6th committee hearings. It is not Donald Trump. It's inflation, according to 33% of Americans. That is the top issue. And who is trusted more on the issue of inflation? The margin right here is absolutely huge. Republicans are trusted over Democrats by 19 points And that is why, at this particular point, Republicans still lead on that generic congressional ballot.
1: Straight up. But the Democrats are getting on TV every day and, oh,
6: no, this is bad. January 6th, a threat to our democracy. Democrats
1: are so full of crap. Okay, most people have gotten the memo. Most major news outlets have moved on to criticizing Joe Biden. Again, strategically distancing themselves from the very thing they created. I've said this before. Joe Biden is, in this moment, no different than Hansi, Andy Cuomo.
2: Andy!
1: Andy! My former governor here in New York, okay, media propped him up to the moon and back. They loved him because in an election year, they were propping him up to tear down Trump. Ah, why can't you be more like Cuomo? Cuomo's a great leader. No, I'm telling you, Cuomo's the best. Wrong. Cuomo got dragged out of there by his lapels because he was a little handsy around the office. You ever seen a grown man naked? And the media couldn't get rid of him quick enough. And that's where they are with Biden. They want you to forget that they're the ones who created Biden. Just like they were, the, they wanted you to forget that they were the ones who created Andrew Cuomo. Okay, so most media outlets got the memo, but Morning Joe didn't, and because this is emotional for him, you got to understand something about Joe Scarborough, and you got to understand something about everybody who worked in media. Okay, whether it's Howard Stern, he used to be super relevant radio guy, and I'm not begrudging, believe me, the radio career he's had is, you know, unparalleled anywhere. I mean, you'd say him and Rush, I guess, would be the one and two. I'd obviously put Rush head and shoulders ahead of Howard Stern in terms of talent and accomplishment and meaningful impact on society. But Howard's still out there. He's making a boatload of money. He's still got a, you know, decent-sized fan base, although he's become everything he professed to hate. The thing that made Howard uh, Stern relevant and popular for so long is he was a champion of the a little guy. And he was always, you know, taking shots at the elites and the snobs and the people who wanted nothing to do with you. And now he's become a snob. I have friends that work on that show that have never met the guy. They've been there for two years. They've never met the guy. He's come in the office. He works in his home studio. Little people stay away from me. That's who he is. But everybody who worked in media with Donald Trump, whether he was a hotshot playboy real estate developer Whether he was the host of The Apprentice, he was going on all their shows constantly. He was going on Morning Joe all the time. He was going on Stern all the time. He was going on The View, The View, all the time. The View was awful. Maybe, but he was going on. He was part of the fabric of polite society, shows like Oprah, okay? When Trump became president, he became so omnipotent in the media in terms of his relevance, in terms of his influence, that all of these people— who he kind of came up with, who had him as a guest on their show, were now suddenly being dwarfed by one of their own guests. This would be like if Lincoln's fantasy comes true and he actually takes over and becomes more relevant than me. Personally, he actually is more relevant. When we go to meet and greets, everybody's like, where's George from Queens? But I can't tell him that. They we'll want to raise. It's bad enough i got to give him one six-pack of beer to come on this show. I can't start buying a 13-year-old kid two six-packs. But stick with me. Trump dwarfed them in level of importance and influence on a level that it really just burnt their buns. And for guys like Joe Scarborough, it's so emotional. They're really not listening to themselves. Monday, the claim was Republicans hate cops. Oh, Republicans hate cops. That's why January 6th isn't registering. Yesterday, he turns around and says, well, if the protesters, if they were black, the cops would have shot the protesters at the Capitol. What the hell did you just say? Yo, Joe Scarborough. The cops did shoot protesters at the Capitol, white ones. They killed an unarmed white woman named Ashley Babbitt. But let's not let the facts get in the way of a good emotional hissy fit. Here it is, clip 37.
4: Most of the people you see in these videos are white. I said it the day after, if these were black
5: protesters, you better believe the cops would have been up there in a second. Mm -hmm. If they were Muslims, there would have been cops standing on top of the buildings with with, with rifles gunning them all down. I mean, there's no doubt. No doubt in my mind that these people were allowed to sit out there with Confederate flags, with Trump flags, uh, desecrating the cross of Jesus Christ uh, because they were white.
1: That was embarrassing. I'll say it again. That was embarrassing. One more time. That was embarrassing. Okay, let me just jump right in here. Okay, because this is so disgusting. It's so patently disgusting. Okay. First of all, they did shoot white protesters. They shot Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed white veteran who served this country, shot her in the throat and killed her. Does Joe Scarborough have a word for Ashley Babbitt? The answer would be no. Of course not. Second of all, do you remember the summer of twenty twenty when Black Lives Matter did two billion dollars worth of property damage, killed forty two people, burnt down a hundred black owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis, torched two police stations? Did any cops get on the roof with machine guns and gun everybody down? The answer would be no. So when Joe Scarborough gets on TV and says, oh, there isn't any doubt. There isn't any doubt they would have killed everybody if it was not white people. You're not telling me the truth. Dude, are, are you even listening to yourself? Do you understand? And do you get like how disgusting that is, man? Do you get it with no—oh, the cops are all racist. There's no doubt in my mind. He doesn't know any of these cops. Never mind that over half of them aren't white cops. They are black. They are Muslim. They are Asian. They are Latino. They are breakfast tacos, as Joe Biden would say. Okay, that's the part about Democrats. It's like it really is infuriating is they're living in this worldview. Like they always, you know, want to yell about America's history and our racist past. They're living in it. In the Democratic worldview, every cop is white. And the year is like 1827. That's the way they see the world. In the democratic worldview, calling a Latino a taco means they should like you. That's their worldview because they've infantilized society and they think they know better than anybody else. And they're so self-assured they can't even fathom that they might be wrong. Okay, he gave you his example. If these were black protesters, no doubt, there is no doubt the cops would have gotten the roof and gunned every one of them down. Really? So where were those cops during the summer of 2020? Because we didn't have four bad hours of protest. We had two months that destroyed 13 cities. And the cops didn't kill anybody in the process. I'm telling you because I care. We're living in the death of shame. And when you get out there and you say the people you don't even know are racist with no basics and fact and no regard for the poison that you're inserting into the, you know, the narrative, into the political vernacular, oh, the cops are racist, you're a person. Okay, who doesn't care about the cops because you're making their life exponentially harder. You're making it exponentially harder for society to move forward because you're furthering the divide. And that's what we're dealing with in these moments. These children at places like Morning Joe, who aren't getting their way, okay, are now throwing a hissy fit in the store. But in the everybody gets a trophy world of life, normally they would get, you know, oh, you're throwing a hissy fit on the ground. Oh, let's buy you some ice cream. But when inflation is at a 40 year high, sadly, all the hissy fits in the world are making this ice cream unaffordable.
0: The show, not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle.
4: He's the other side's worst nightmare.
0: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy Thursday on the show. Byron Donalds, superstar congressman from the 19th Congressional District of Florida, is going to stop by in the next break. Talk about this ridiculous abortion chicanery going on in Washington. And then Daniel Turner from Power of the Future stops by to talk energy. I always liked it. He's very passionate. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) Every time. Every time I have him on, it's basically, you know, we have a dumb button here. Okay, so if he were to drop an F-bomb on live radio, you wouldn't hear it. But I'd at least know that he did it. And every time I talk to him about Biden's energy policies, I feel like I'm on the verge of getting my own little payoff. Like if it ever happens, I'll tell you on the air afterwards, oh, he just, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be all like our little inside joke. But uh, anybody who knows the energy market feels the same way as Daniel Turner. You've got to get mad because that's they're they're screwing
0: us right now. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Got a big hour coming your way. Byron Donalds, superstar representative from the 19th Congressional District of Congress. He is going to be in the House to have a grown-up talk about this raging debate in Washington over, oh, I don't know, Everything. <laughs> it's so bad. You've got abortion, you've got gas, you've got inflation. Uh, man, we've got Biden overseas right now, accidentally telling uh, onlookers that we need to honor. The Holocaust. I do believe he meant to say the horror of the Holocaust. But this is what's going on right now with the president of the United States.
4: This man needs a
1: retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. The point is, it's a crowded dance card, but none of the songs are good. But we're going to make it work anyway at 888-788-9910. Let me give you this Biden clip really quick off the bat, because what's going on overseas, we're going to talk about this with Daniel Turner later, is Biden went over there yesterday, began the day in Israel. And they had given him a no handshake rule saying that, you know, we got to take COVID precautions. But one of the main reasons they gave him a no handshake rule is because they don't want him shaking hands with the Saudi prince, Mohammed bin Salman, otherwise known as MBS, someone who is considered one of the biggest human rights abusers in the world. Uh, who the world has openly condemned for the torturing and killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So they don't want Biden shaking hands with anybody. What does Biden do the minute he gets off the plane yesterday? Fist bumps, high fives, handshakes. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I mean, there is no better job to be in than selling liquor to the White House press team, because every time they let this guy uh, wander out of the Oval Office – He does something that defies the plan. He's just a mess, man. Here he is yesterday, just slipping and talking about the honor of the Holocaust, which i got to be honest with you, there was no honor in the Holocaust. Here it is, clip seven.
4: Later today, I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives who were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, (laughs) honor those we lost so that we never, ever, ever forget that lesson. You know, and to continue our shared unending work to fight the poison of anti-Semitism wherever it rises its ugly head.
2: I've lost my marbles.
1: I mean, oh, the honor of the Holocaust. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, In this instance, almost like a slip of the tongue, but it's a really bad one. Okay, it's the Holocaust. There's no honor in the Holocaust, but stick with me. The real fraud of the situation is he's going to meet with Israel at the same time. Are you ready? That he's still trying to negotiate his way back into the Iranian nuclear deal. What an idiot. Think about that. Okay, Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, the only time they stop chanting death to Israel— is when they're chanting death to America, but then they go right back to death to Israel. It's on loop. That's all they do. Biden's trying to get them back into a nuclear deal that's going to give them more cash money. You know, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Barack Obama gave them access to $51 billion. Don't be thick, all right? But that's what he did. And that's where everyone was howling and screaming. We're giving them $51 billion in exchange for their word that they're not going to enrich any uranium. (laughs) That's, that's Iran responding to the deal. Hey, they took our word for it. <laughs> Yo, they took our word for it and they gave us money. <laughs> and what did they do the minute we initially entered the Iranian nuclear deal? They took a bunch of American sailors hostage. And you watched all of those videos on Fox anyway of everyone in the streets of Iran chanting death to America. But again... We are not their number one chant. They also chant death to Israel constantly. Iran constantly says Israel needs to be wiped off the face of the map. So there's Biden hanging out with Israel, saying, we got your back. We're reaffirming this relationship, the honor of the Holocaust. We're best friends forever. Oh, by the way, I'm, you know, hooking up the people who want to wipe you off the map with more money. I mean, that, it's just it's insanity. okay. The only excuse I give Biden, again, is he's not in charge of this presidency. There's a video you're going to see all over the Internet later. I just retweeted it at Jimmy Fallon. He finished the speech today and again shook hands with somebody who wasn't there. He turned to the right, offered a handshake. And then when he was pushed away from the podium, he turned his handshake into a point like he was actually, you know— meaning to shake hands with somebody, but point instead.
2: Biden's lost his marbles. You got to
1: watch it to understand it. But basically he finishes a speech, pivots to the right, sticks his hand out like he's shaking hands, and does that feet shuffle thing. And as he begins to walk away and gets either patted, he gets patted on the back and whispered to, he realizes to change his hand from a shake to a point and make it look like he meant to do that. The whole thing's a mess. The point is, I will absolve Biden on the small scale for the fact that he's not in charge of this presidency. He doesn't know what he's doing half the time. But back here in America, there are people who are young and able minded, uh, you know, technically speaking anyway, that are advancing these lies about abortion. On an issue he started late last week when he was trying to make the case for abortion. If you remember last week, Biden invoked the rape of a 10-year-old girl. And he said this 10-year-old girl was raped. She was forced to travel across state lines because under these drastic Republican laws in Ohio, she could not, in fact, get an abortion. That is a fact check false. We have to start there because I covered this story on Monday. And at the time, we all said the same thing. Hey, man, ho, hey, ho, we don't have any proof that this girl was actually raped. I'd like to believe she wasn't. Not for the political points, but for the fact that I don't want to know 10-year-old girls are getting raped. One less 10-year-old rape is addition by subtraction. I think we should all be able to agree on that. But at the time, they were trotting this story out there with no basis in fact. There had been no legal filings. There had been no arrests. There had been no DNA samples so far as the world knew. Well, we come to find out yesterday that it turns out they did make an arrest in the rape of a 10-year-old girl. But what is no one in the media talking about as they pound their chest and say, see? Republicans were wrong. Do you want to know what they're not admitting? That the man who raped the 10-year-old girl was an illegal immigrant. Shouldn't have been in the country.
2: Oh,
3: wow.
1: But who cares about that? The media omitting information to help their narrative along? I'm used to that. It's cliche to point it out at this point. But I, I, I will acknowledge, I will acknowledge, okay, what they consider to be the win. Which is that a lot of us doubted the legitimacy of this story because they were telling it without sourcing it. And if you remember anything about the last four years of our lives, the media has dropped over 200 anonymously sourced bombshells that wound up being retracted as not true. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So when you hear some, oh, anonymous reporting says that such and such happened, you you just can't believe it anymore. Okay, but again... We didn't say it didn't happen. We didn't say it couldn't happen. We said we don't have any proof that it happened. But the reason we were making that point, and this is the thing no one's talking about in the aftermath of finding out this was a real case, is Biden was making that point, whether true or false, to further an absolutely positively false claim about abortion. Okay, the claim in this story is that a 10-year-old girl was raped. And she was, and that's horrific. But the claim in the story is that after being raped, she had to travel across state lines to a Democratic state. And the reason was the Republican states don't allow abortion for rape victims.
2: This is totally false.
1: Every single one of these laws that's out there on the books right now, including Ohio's, has an exception for rape victims. So uh, cases of rape and incest. So does. Are you ready for it? Every single state in the country. We talked about this with Dr. Nicole Sapphire yesterday. Every single state in this country is required by law to treat an ectopic pregnancy. An ectopic pregnancy is when a baby is born outside the uterus. Were the baby to grow to full size, it would kill the mother. For that reason, it's not considered an abortion. It's considered an incident where the mother's life is in danger, ergo, you can't birth the baby. It's a stillborn baby. It wouldn't be born alive. It wouldn't fully form. It would just complicate the mother internally to the point that she herself could not survive the pregnancy. Every single state by law, has to treat an ectopic pregnancy. But AOC got out there and said over the week, you know, 51 percent of the country is going to die because Republicans won't treat an ectopic pregnancy. AOC is a dope. But she went with that because that's the stupid emotional narrative she's trying to push. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. The people who know the least are the self-righteous ones on the left that are selling emotion instead of fact. You know the old saying? I say it every day at least three times. When you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table, okay? The Democrats are pounding the table. Same with Biden when it comes to this 10-year-old story, okay? He's pounding the table when it comes to this law not allowing a 10-year-old girl to get an abortion, okay? Straight up, the law in Ohio would allow her to get an abortion. The law in every state around Ohio would allow her to get an abortion. So if she did leave Ohio, uh, she left for reasons beyond that. But that's the part that no one in the media is acknowledging. All they're trying to do is win. This is the thing. Nobody wants to make progress on issues in this country half as they much as, as they want their side to be able to claim that they won. That's what's going on. That's the biggest problem facing our society, okay, is that when it comes to the abortion issue, okay, we're at a really vicious divide right now. philosophically. It's vicious. And understand this. It vicious and it doesn't have to be because everybody who's chasing a Supreme Court justice, everybody who's putting on a handmaid's costume and claiming that women are under attack is living in a state that's going to get abortions. They're going to get as many abortions as they want, unfortunately, OK, because that's the reality of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade didn't ban abortion. It didn't criminalize abortion. It gave states the individual state right to choose just how much abortion voters were OK with. Are you okay with 15 weeks, 12 weeks, 6 weeks, 0 weeks? Go vote on it. Figure out what you want. Your state will have your rules. Right now in every one of these blue states and as it will go forward on the ballot, they're going to have their own rules. Okay? But they're still selling this lie. And it's not because of the issue of abortion. It's because of the issue of political power. Bingo. Okay, if they can convince enough people that women are under attack from Republicans and conservatives and Catholics and, oh, it's the Jesus people. We got to get people who love Jesus. Do we, though? They want you to believe they're the good guys. They're trying to say, hey, we're out here pushing to kill more babies, and the
0: bad guys, they won't go along with it. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
1: But that's where we're at in this conversation. The win is so much more important to them than the issue. They have the issue. If you're a liberal, you live in a liberal state, you got abortion. Okay, if you live in a conservative state, you're going to have limited abortion. You're probably going to have 12 to 15 weeks, which is still more than they have in pretty much all of Europe. Uh, But that's just the reality. But because we're in such a nasty inflection point in terms of our battle for political power, you've got AOC out there saying Republicans want to murder women. And you've got Joe Biden out there saying a 10 year old had to travel across state lines because she couldn't actually get an abortion. And again, they're selling this so hard, they're now telling you that abortion is an act of self-love. It's like a personal care day. They're crazy. Listen to this. It's clip 16.
6: What these restrictions are intended to do is try and make people, try and stop people from having abortions. But abortion is healthcare. care. Um, my abortion was the best decision I ever made. It was an act of self-love. And I'm here today to make sure that everybody who currently needs an abortion, who has had an abortion or will need an abortion, is not alone, no matter what the state tries to force upon us.
2: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Oh, my abortion was the best decision I ever
1: made. Now, I would agree. This woman wouldn't make a halfway decent parent. <laughs> We're probably not better off in the world if she was presiding over children. Uh, this is a monster to say that. My divorce is the best decision I've ever made. Nobody, listen, nobody should be glad they got an abortion. Okay. nobody should be bragging they got an abortion. Remember, safe, legal and rare is listen. You had to do it. You did it. I understand you made a decision. You made what you thought was the right decision. Maybe you didn't know as much about the science as you do now. I'm not here to condemn you. If you got an abortion, I don't care. What does that mean to me? Okay. it's unfortunate that this is what we're dealing with now, which is that they don't want less abortion. Like if somebody got one, they didn't say, oh, goody, I want to go get 10 more. They said, I got one. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about it or I have, you know, depressing feelings. I don't know. But the point is, you weren't supposed to walk out of there wanting 12 more. You know, that wasn't the deal. Hey, get your card punched again. You'll get another one free. That wasn't supposed to be the goal. But that's how they're pushing the issue. And they're pushing the issue again, not because they want to protect their right to abortion. It's not going anywhere. They're pushing the issue because they want more power, which is why Joe Biden will get out there again and lie about this story.
2: house girls and Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide For a while.
0: The show that never hits the books.
2: I love the poorly educated.
0: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, girl! It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Byron Donalds is coming up. The Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita uh, last night was discussing the story about this 10-year-old girl who was raped. This is a horrible story. I don't enjoy this one. This isn't fun to talk about. But, you know, the God's honest truth is Biden, you know, was weaponizing her plight to slander the abortion laws in the state of Ohio. Here's the Indiana attorney general where she supposedly went. uh, Well, she went to Illinois, to be clear. Uh, But here's the Indiana attorney general saying the real issue here is that Biden's open border allowed an illegal immigrant into the country who was a criminal. Here it is, clip 35. 35, Justin, sorry. Did I lose you there? Oh, 35, clip 35.
5: This is an illegal immigration issue because likely of Biden's lawlessness at the border and everything going on down there. That's why Indiana, as a non-border state, has actually filed several independent lawsuits on that. Then we have the rape, and then we have this uh, abortion activist acting – as a doctor, with a history of failing to report. So we're gathering the information, we're gathering the evidence as we speak, and we're going to fight this uh, to the end, uh, including looking at her licensure uh, if she failed to report. And in Indiana, it's a crime uh, for, uh, to not report, to intentionally not report.
1: And that's a little bit of what we're dealing with, is you have an abortion activist doctor who didn't report this. So the story was being run with, almost like they set up commentators to get it wrong but again and again and again the guy who got it wrong all the conservatives said is hey this probably isn't true if they're running it with no information and we don't want it to be true uh but the guy who got it wrong again and again and again is joe biden because now we know this girl legitimately got raped and biden's out there weaponizing her plight okay to push a claim about the ohio laws that aren't true okay that's not president stuff That's clown stuff. That's a circus. It's embarrassing. But it's what we have in the Oval Office.
0: It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. Fired up, man. It's a big Thursday episode of the show. Taking our talents to TV later tonight. You'll see me hosting Kennedy on the Fox Business Network at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, uh, if you're looking for some fail vision you'll see me on Fox & Friends first, 5 in the morning with the great Carly Shimkus. I am, of course, the one lucky guy on Outnumbered. Tomorrow at noon, and then tomorrow night, I will be classing up the Tucker Carlson show at 8 o'clock. And then Saturday, wait, there's more. You can see me at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Tickets for that at newbrunswick.com stressfactory.com but now's no time to talk about me because joining us on the phone I always call this next guest the Biggie Smalls of Congress but I just watched one of his interviews and I may have to change it to the Janet Jackson of Congress
7: representative Byron Donalds is here yo Miss Janet Wait, whoa, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out. There's only one Janet Jackson, and it's definitely not me. We don't even have the same biology. But anyway. Yeah, that would be the one event
1: where a man couldn't transition and win. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't be Janet in anything.
7: No, you cannot. Listen, her shows are phenomenal. She's been a phenomenal entertainer throughout her career, so... You know, there's only one Janet Jackson in America, folks. But hold up, Jimmy, time out. Jimmy, mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of T V, brother. Yeah. I've been seeing you on there and you look fantastic by the way. Somebody taught you how to dress this great <laughs> Yo, you want to laugh,
1: by the way? So this is a running joke. Like, I actually am a I dress myself. That's the thing. Um, I I have game. That's why I'm always recognizing yours, and we're talking up Stuby and stuff like that. But it depends on what show you see me on. Like, at 11 o'clock, I'm basically, I dress like a figure skater who let himself go during the lockdowns. Like, if you see me on Gutfeld, I just look like a guy who got too fat to do a double Lutz. But if you see me during the day, I kind of dress like an adult. Like, a borderline, they say it's Donald's esque is what they say around Fox. (laughs) (laughs)
7: <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that man anyway jimmy what's going on what's, well, what do you what do you want to talk about i got a lot to get into
1: but i was complimenting sure. that the janet jackson take was because you were doing it to, i guess it's a gop video series called in the seat where they were asking you right. all kinds of questions and just really quickly i believe you said that janet jackson was the best concert you've ever seen i just wanted to She's know phenomenal where, where did you That's see 100%. her
7: percent i saw her i think it was tampa florida i oh, believe wow. it was tampa Oh, wow. She was phenomenal. Man, real, listen. And she put on the show, the dancing, the singing. It was great.
1: Well, the funny. I bring it up because I was in LA last week doing some TV. Now I'm really talking myself up. And I was hanging out with Kennedy. And we were talking, you know, Kennedy was an MTVJ in the 90s. And she right. was, you know, pretty open about the fact that, like, Janet Jackson was, like, one of the most talented human beings who ever lived. So it was really weird because when I, I just had that conversation, I watched your video the next day. And uh, there's some parallel thought going on here, which I consider to be a good sign. But uh, but I have to ask you this as a black member yes. of Congress, are you a little yeah. upset that Jill Biden hasn't given your people their own breakfast item?
7: Yeah, I'm very upset about that, you know, because we like <laughs> breakfast. It's a big deal for us. No, listen. in all seriousness, what Joe Biden said was just so disrespectful and so, and just and so distasteful. And here's a bigger thing, Jimmy. You know she read that speech before she gave it. Yes. You know her team wrote that speech. They went over it before she gave those remarks. She read through it before she hit the stage. And they thought this was cool until the reaction hit. So the apology is because she got caught with her hand in the cookie jar, not because she didn't mean to offend anybody. Because if you read those lines, I'm sitting there like, I'm not going to call these people a breakfast taco. That is crazy. Who does this? I know they would have killed Melania if Melania had said <laughs> oh, anything like that. Destroyed. And
1: you want to know the, the bigger one to me? And, you know, you grew up in Brooklyn. You know New York. Right. The bigger one right. to me is, as you said, they definitely read this speech, and no one in the room recognized the fact that she wasn't pronouncing bodegas correctly. She called it a dot. And you know this, OK, within the Latino community, a bodega is a real point of pride. It's a family owned business in America. People migrated here to make a better life. A bodega is a point of pride. And I feel like whenever they do some what they consider to be minority outreach, what they're really amplifying is the fact that there is actually no connection to the minority community.
7: Zero. Listen, this administration, they're tone deaf, they're out of touch, whatever type of political phraseology you want to put on it, that's them. But the biggest thing overall, Jimmy, they are incompetent. Mm -hmm. Like, they're really bad at this. They don't know what they're doing. I think there was a report that came out today, like the top economic advisors, like two thirds of them have never worked in the private sector. (laughs) But they're the economic advisors. These guys are the gang that can't shoot straight.
1: <laughs> it's so true. We basically have an administration full of vegans that are running a steakhouse. That's, yes. It's, it's so bad, man. Byron Donald is on the line from the 19th Congressional District of Florida, if you're just joining us. Um, did you catch any of this person with the capacity for
7: pregnancy nonsense on Capitol Hill? Oh, unfortunately, I did. We had a similar hearing in House Oversight yesterday, going over the same thing. Mm-hmm. And look, th- when you sit down and listen to these arguments, they're so insane. We had somebody in our hearing testified that women were being charged because of their miscarriages. Yeah. So I asked the question, like, what? Like, give me real ex- the details behind your accusation. Mm-hmm. And the lady goes, Oh, well, that was before the Dobbs decision, and it was somewhere in the state of California. So I'm like, wait a minute, California, you know. Gavin Newsom's California is prosecuting women for their miscarriages? It's not true. But they throw this stuff out there. They throw this hyperbole, trying to put fear into, into people to so try to get them to turn out a vote. Jimmy, I've been saying for a long time, the Democrats love to accuse Republicans of gaslighting. It is the Democrats who gaslight the American people. They're doing it right now with this, this idiocy and all of their fake outrage about what the court did in the Dobbs decision, which is the appropriate ruling. It should be in the hands of people. It should be in the hands of state legislatures not just made up by the Supreme Court, because you had a majority that wanted to do it back in 1973. What they're doing in these hearings is outrageous and it's disgusting. And Republicans are doing the right thing about calling these people to the carpet. So that's how video like that comes out because Republicans are standing up on Capitol Hill against this nonsense.
1: No, and uh, you honestly, like we appreciate them doing it because like the truth is, you know, when it comes to Roe versus Wade, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be considered almost a Republican on this issue because she thought it was a, a states' rights issue. She didn't think the ruling was on solid legal ground, nor does she think stacking the court was ever an appropriate measure regardless of what it had previously ruled on. So you're almost like you're watching a party. It's like children. You know, they're losing the board game, so they're just flipping over the board. Is
7: that essentially what's going on in D.C.? Yes. I mean, look, I'm, I'm just, we're voting right now, so I'm on the little cloakroom mm-hmm. while we're in the middle of votes talking to you, and I'm watching my colleagues on the other side of the aisle they are furious like they're it's palpable to them they legitimately feel that the entire political landscape has been destroyed with them standing on top of it and they don't like it so they don't want to play they want to change the rules but i think it's important for people on the republican side of the aisle conservatives in america to understand that when it comes to abortion or anything else We have to get back to constitutional government. It's not good enough to be like, well, now we have the power and we're going to do it our way. We have to get back to constitutionalism because the foundations of our country are the thing that are going to continue our country going forward, not just grabbing the wheel, saying we're in charge, now we're going to steer it our way. And so what the court did is restore constitutionalism. But the Democrats hate that because they like the fact that the court would rule their way, and this court's not doing it anymore. So true.
1: Um, By the way, are you going to watch, after the Major League All-Star game, they have a big documentary coming out on my man Derek Jeter. Uh, Were you a Jeter guy at all growing up in Brooklyn? Of course.
7: Of course. It's the captain. Thank you. Listen, Derek Jeter, (laughs) the captain. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal. Phenomenal Yankee. I was, well, we've had this debate the other day.
1: We were talking on the show because apparently like one of the highlights of the documentary is he talks about like, he kind of had a riff with A-Rod. They used to be tight. Yeah. And then A-Rod said he was better, but I'm of the camp that if I was starting a team, I'd actually want Jeter over A-Rod as good as A-Rod's stats are. I mean, what do you think?
7: It, just listen, Derek Jeter is one of the great leaders in sports. So let me do, us go ahead and say that right there, okay. but, the toughest thing about scouting talent is you don't really know the intangibles of somebody. Yes. It's hard to gauge them, especially when they're so young. Mm-hmm. If you were starting a franchise and just looking at their their makeup, every GM is, is taking Alex Rodriguez. And I'm not saying Alex Rodriguez was better than Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at drafting talent, yeah. the number one thing you see is talent. It's hard to see the intangibles. Yeah. And what Derek Jeter not only meant to the Yankees but to baseball overall, it was the intangibles of leadership. That actually led those teams to those four titles. Oh, my gosh, it was a great time in New York sports, i got to tell you that. Uh,
1: It was so amazing, but it's also the reason I'm now paying $24 for a beer in Yankee Stadium. That (laughs) that success (laughs) allowed them to really coast and jack the prices. I mean, it's the one thing I say a lot, BD, is like if you go to a Yankee game uh, when we were kids, there used to be brawls in the stands and people would throw beer at the people fighting. Did you ever notice nobody throws beer anymore because it's too expensive?
7: Of course not, man. Listen, they rather, you know, are they doing paper straws in Yankee Stadium? I don't know. They could be doing that. But, uh, no, we ain't throwing beer. It's too expensive. We can't do that.
1: You might get hit with an engagement ring or an iPad mini. No one's throwing a beer at you. It's too much money. You make a great line.
7: You make a great line. Uh, One
1: last thing. Uh, Ronnie Jackson's former White House physician. He's serving alongside of you in Congress. Apparently, he's writing. He's got a book. He comes on the show a lot, and he says he got an angry email from Obama during the campaign because Ronnie went on TV and said that Joe Biden's not all there. I just want to ask you this. If Obama uh, emails you tomorrow and says, how dare you? uh issue a negative assessment of joe biden's cognitive abilities how do you write back to that
7: i'd tell him that we should have a beer summit over it and talk about <laughs> it publicly in front of the press <laughs> and do you repeat the line
1: do you repeat the line in honor of joe biden
7: <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> listen that was it's terrible he's not here folks yeah. Joe Biden's not here. He's not with us. I don't know what's going on. It's a sad thing to see. In all honesty, yeah. I, I disagree with the president on so many issues, mm-hmm. but it's sad to see him yeah. uh, be, in, in my view, a diminished capacity, because all you have to do is go back when he was vice president. Mm-hmm. Just cognitively, he was a different man. Yep. And it's sad to see that for him as an individual, as a human being. Unfortunately, he's the president of the United States when the country is going through one of its worst periods. Geez, easily 40 years, if not longer. Mm -hmm.
1: So, in terms of Biden and running in 2024, I'll put you down as a maybe.
7: Oh, no, I want him to run. Listen, I'm in the, I'm the, I am a Republican who wants (laughs) Biden to run because he'll be so easy to defeat, folks. I mean, it won't be a fair fight, but it is what it is. It'll be like that 2007 Cavaliers team that went to the NBA Finals. They just weren't good enough. It'll be a sweep and then order will be restored. (laughs)
1: It might happen because they have nobody to play in this instance. He has nobody to play in the Eastern Conference. If that's what the Democratic Party is going to identify as, there's nobody in the East right now. You know, so you might be onto to something. Nobody. Oh, BD. Great stuff, my man. I appreciate you. Let's do it again soon. Anytime. You're the See best. Ya. There he goes. Representative Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida, a state that They're just kicking everybody's butt right now. I mean, we're talking sports. Let's stick with the analogy. Okay, Bill Parcells, former coach of the New York Giants, won two Super Bowls, you know, back when Lawrence Taylor was playing outside linebacker, who's great. You know, a little bit of a drug problem. Every once in a while, he'd snort a 35-yard line. We couldn't measure a first down. We're like, hey, where'd the 35-yard line go? Oh, come on, LT! Wipe your nose off. But, uh, God, I love it, Lawrence Taylor. And uh, she's really, like, my favorite NFL player of all time. I love LT. I grew up in an LT house, smoking Joe Phelan. My dad, big Giant fan. We loved LT. But, you know, Bill Parcells, Former coach of the New York Giants, the Big Tuna, you don't have to follow sports to follow a lot of the sports logic I distill on this show. What Bill Parcells would say is that you are what your record says you are. Meaning, I don't want to hear that you're a talented, good team if your record says you're one and eight. Don't go out there and waste your time talking about how we're really good and we're just not getting it right. No, you're one and eight. Shut up. You're one and eight. And if you're eight and one, don't beat yourself up. You're eight and one. All right. Yeah, we got lucky. We won seven of these. It doesn't matter. You're eight and one. Act like it. Okay. bottom line. And that's the truth. And it's funny. I remember the first time uh, I was playing varsity football in high school. uh, Coach Smith, who was our coach (laughs) in our freshman year of high school on the JV team, uh, had moved up and was part of the varsity staff. And I remember he was making us run. It's one of the greatest lines ever, Sean Smith. He's making us run uh, in two days in the summer and uh he was just disparaging the varsity team who apparently had gone like 3 and 5 the year before. He's like you guys 3 and 5. You think you're running now? You want to win? You want to be, you know, 5 and 3? Oh, we're going to keep running. And because I had played under him on the previous team, somewhere in the back of my mind I thought it was a good idea to remind him that our JV team that I was the captain of. Chris Panella, uh, that we were six and one. <laughs> I go, "Coach, I was six and one last year." And he runs back, "Well, you're three and five now, fat boy, keep running!" <laughs> and he did say that, but I remember they had always adopted that same mantra, "You are what your record says you are, OK? I don't want to hear a word about what you were or how things would be different. Your record says you suck, you suck. Okay. Sadly, in this moment, we have a president whose record says he sucks. Listen to me. This is not a political point. This is an American point. Okay. We have a 40-year high in inflation. It wasn't happening under any of the previous three presidents. We have a record high in gas prices brought on by an open declaration of war on the fossil fuel industry. That has not happened on under your previous presidents. We had a fuel crisis on Bush transitioning into Obama, but it wasn't because America said, hey, oil, screw you! Okay, we've never seen this, it's unprecedented. Okay, the record level of border crossings right now that have led to a record level of fentanyl deaths. We haven't had that under the previous presidents. Okay, a 35 year spike in the murder rate. We have not had that under the previous presidents. Oh, by the way, we've never spent nearly a trillion dollars on a foreign war only to pull our troops out ahead of our civilians and leave a terror group in charge of the government with eighty five billion dollars of our weapons. We've never had that. And at a time when we're facing a baby formula shortage and the wealthiest nation in the world okay you come to here we're sending money overseas to every other country we're selling oil to china we've never had what we have now in a world where you are what your record says you are joe biden's record says he sucks for this country
3: welcome to the biden administration home to the new slogan america Last.
0: You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack,
2: rock cocaine. It isn't
0: glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America, USA, girl. Jimmy Fallon in the house, fired up. Next hour, Daniel Turner is going to be here. He's going to talk about Biden's overseas trip to the sea. The Saudis. Get that oil pumping, baby. The only problem is there's so many places. We really think about this, man. There's so many places he could go. That are a lot closer, you know, like Oklahoma, the the Dakotas, you go to Texas, you go to Alaska. There are places you could go that would not only boost the American economy, but get this, that actually save you money on fuel along the way. Last I checked, Saudi Arabia is a little further away than Oklahoma. But we're not doing that because why? The far left wing of the party. It's like, we can't drill in America. Oh, it's bad. No, America, you know, we're cleaning. We're saving the environment. And again and again and again, man, I just keep coming back to the fact that the oldest joke in the world, in the world, is that a weatherman is the best job to have because you can be wrong every day and still keep your job. You've all heard it a million times, okay? Yet we want to believe knowing what our attitude is towards the weatherman of tomorrow's weather tomorrow today's thursday tomorrow's guy is going to get it wrong 82 percent of the time but we're supposed to believe we're supposed to believe that he's going to get it right 50 years from now
0: sell crazy someplace else we're
1: all stocked up here i mean really think about that no weatherman's wrong about tomorrow 82 percent of the time but he's got 2072 down i'm tired talk to him he knows what it's gonna be like Folks, we've seen this. Every time they tell you the world's going to end, they should have to post a screenshot side-by-side of the other five times they told you the world was going to end because they're all full of it.
6: I admire your honesty.
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Comedy Alive.
1: Greatest country in the world. We are broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. My main man, Daniel Turner, is going to be in the house from Power of the Future. He's, of course, joining me tonight on the Kennedy program as well. He's doing an Ernie Banks. Remember Ernie Banks on the Cubs? Nice day. Let's play two. We are playing two, Turner and I. Why? Because Joe Biden has flown over to the Middle East, hat in hand trying to get them to boost production and help the guy out. You got to do better than that. It's not going to work, you know, first and foremost. But secondly, we've also got the liability of Jill Biden calling them all a bunch of falafels. Now we've got an international crisis on our hands like we do with the Latino community. It's a mess out there. But we will clean it up at 888-788-9910. You know the rule on this hour every hour. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Do not be a That is all. So Biden yesterday, I just want to get you up to speed on this because the the trip is, it's a fascinating trip. Fascinating. Okay. Biden has been given this no handshake rule. First and foremost, we'll start with the basics. He's given a no handshake rule. The White House says, oh, we're taking all kinds of precautions. COVID. He's old. You know, how old is he? That sort of thing. <laughs> I'm so old. My wife said, come upstairs and make love to me. And I said, I can't do both. You know, something like that. But the point is, OK, they gave Biden this no handshake rule. Hey, man, don't shake hands the COVID precaution. Can't do it. And the main reason they were really doing it, just so we're clear, is they didn't want him shaking hands with anybody. So when he met with Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and didn't shake hands with him. OK, it wouldn't be looked upon as he was othering the crown prince. It would be looked upon as a COVID precaution because he knows the optics of meeting with the prince are terrible because Biden openly declared Saudi Arabia a pariah on the campaign trail. And of course, they are one of the worst human rights abusers on the planet. And they are being harangued for the torturing and killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So you understand the optic they're going for is just no handshakes. We'll blame it on COVID. You meet with the guy, but you say, I wouldn't even shake his hand and we're good to go. Except Biden gets off the plane and just starts... High-fiving, handshaking, and fist-bumping everybody. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. (laughs) He's just a mess. Doesn't run the play they send into the huddle again and again and again. So that's out the window for starters. But he has assured, and the White House is assuring us, that they will press Saudi Arabia on their human rights. That's what they want you to believe. And they're going to sit down with Israel and tell them they got their back while they're giving money to Iran. You know, the people who want to blow you up, we're giving them billions of dollars. But we got your back. Don't worry about it. We're on your side. So that's a little bit of what's going on. That's where this thing starts, okay? And along the way, Biden gives a speech to reporters where he kind of bonches the whole point of the Holocaust and accidentally goes from saying, uh, we recognize the horror of the Holocaust to accidentally saying, the honor, he says, the, the honor of the Holocaust. Now, play the clip. It's really wild stuff, man. It's hard to watch. It's somebody who cares about the country, who's somebody who does, you know, regardless of what I think of the man and his policies, I don't want him to embarrass the country. I don't want him to touch off an international incident because he can't speak. <laughs> he can't make it to the punctuation point in the teleprompter. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But this is what happened, Okay. Biden gets over there. Oh, man, it's such a mess, man. And he's basically talking, you know, in Israel. We're best friends. You know, forget the fact that we're, you know, giving all this money to the people who want to blow you up over in Iran. We're all best friends. So don't, don't read into that. It's all, no, none of that matters. And here he is talking about the honor of the Holocaust. I played it earlier. I'll play it again really quick, clip seven.
4: Later today, I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor 6 million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide, and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness, to keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost so that we never, ever, ever forget that lesson. You know, and to continue our shared unending work to fight the poison of anti-semitism, wherever it rises his ugly head. What we've got here is failure to communicate.
1: I mean, really, that is a, if ever there was a failure to communicate, (laughs) the honor of the Holocaust, it's hard to, you know, just laughing at the ineptitude of the man. Obviously, the situation is horrific. But that's what we're dealing with. We have a liability on our hands. Okay, you've all gotten you all you all have a friend, right? Who you gotta kinda watch in mixed company because you just don't know what's gonna come out of their mouth. Like if my grandma was alive right now, oh my goodness gracious, there's no way we're letting them around certain people because they had opinions. They had no filter. They were old <laughs> they're a little older. You know, have you ever you ever had a grandmother who lost her filter? Like you walk into the room, she's like, You got fat. Like, ouch. <laughs> like, it's funny if she's not saying it to you. But if you say it to somebody else, you're like, oh, good gosh. Holy heck. But uh, the point is, we have a president in that position. Okay. You didn't have this concern with Trump. You didn't have this concern with Obama. You didn't have this concern with George W. Bush. You didn't have this concern with Bill Clinton. You weren't worried about him saying something reckless or inappropriate to world leaders. I mean, you were certainly concerned with him saying something to their wives.
4: I believe that together we can make America great again.
1: But the point is, okay, we have an actual liability out there on the world stage where he's opening his mouth and we don't know where this thing is going to go. That's a really pr- big problem to have. Okay, but the bigger problem is the impact it has domestically in this moment because they're telling you, oh, the gas prices came down a little bit. Yeah, they suspended the gas tax. It's an artificial lowering of prices, number one. But number two, what we're trying to pull off over there is still asking America, the American economy, you know, American jobs, okay, Americans as a whole, to take a back seat. We are prioritizing the Chinese economy over the American economy every single time we play up green energy. Tell them like it is. Daniel Turner will tell you like it is. He's gonna stop by and he'll explain it to you. Okay, but the interesting thing here is they're so concerned with the optics of, well, we're not, you know, I know these are human rights abusers, but we're going to give them a tough time. You know the guy who couldn't decide if it was a horror or an honor over the Holocaust? You know the guy who said, repeat the line when he was reading the stage direction from the teleprompter last week? No, no, but that guy is going to pull it together, and he is going to give Saudi Arabia a really hard time on human rights. Here he is saying he's going to bring it up.
4: It's clip two. I will bring up, I always bring up human rights. I always bring up human rights. But my position on Khashoggi has been so clear. If anyone doesn't understand it in Saudi Arabia or anywhere else, then they haven't been around for a while. (laughs) I'm
1: just like, I don't even know know what to do with this. Uh, My position has been so clear. His position was, you're a pariah. We're not going to do anything with you. Now he's over there like, hey, uh... Could you help a brother out (laughs) if you could just – his position's all over the map. His position is whatever they tell him it's going to be. But, yeah, he might even bring up human rights. He might. Like, hey, human rights, right? And show, yeah, human rights. And they move on. They're not going to attack Khashoggi, okay? He – and this is the problem, okay? We're America. We are the wealthiest, most prosperous economy in the world. Not at the rate we're going, but we are in this moment. We have things that other countries want, Okay, we do show up with a considerable amount of resources. But the problem we have in every one of these moments is we're never negotiating from strength because we have a guy in the Oval Office right now that doesn't have any strength.
3: I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message.
1: I don't doubt that she does. Okay, so when you start to hear, you know, Biden go over there and I'm going to I'm going to turn this around and we're going to go hard on the. Saudi Arabia, and then you find out what? That there's not going to be any joint press conference when Biden and the prince get done talking. And, you know, they're going to claim it's because of the optics. We don't want, you know, Biden being seen with this guy. This is just, you know, part of the event. And believe me, there's a part of me that knows they are trying to protect Biden from the press because they do it back home. But then knowing what we know about the crown prince, they're probably trying to protect the press from the crown prince. There's a guy who tortured and killed a journalist. I mean, it's bad, man. But here is Corinne Jean-Pierre. She opened up the binder and she gave this issue when it comes to uh, Biden's press availability. Clip eight.
7: We don't have a have a, um,
2: a, a press conference uh, for for Saudi, but what we are trying to do is trying to make sure that um, you guys hear from the president uh, uh, in Saudi on on the bilats, on the trip, and make sure that you guys hear directly from him.
3: Uh, but won't we, there be a press conference? And what does that say about his commitment to there, press access? I I, have and tell press. You, I mean, if you're if we if, well, if we are going to make sure
2: that you guys hear from him, that is press access.
1: I mean, she's worse than Kamala. We're going to make sure you guys hear from him. Yeah, he's going to walk by on the plane. Be like, Look at the polls, Jack. Remember the clip from yesterday? Well, I played it yesterday. It happened Monday. Where he's on the White House lawn and he gets asked about the fact that 64 percent of Democrats don't want him to run again. Hey, 64 percent, your own party says they don't want you running again. Not a good thing. Not a good look. And he yells, read the read the facts, Jack. They said I'm like, read the polls, Jack. I'm like, yo, dude, the guy read the poll. That's what he's asking you about. He's asking you about the poll that he read. But this is the biggest problem is we're sending a guy over there with no credibility is no credibility with us. He has no credibility with them. That's the issue, man. I'll give you claim after claim after claim, okay, of, of areas where we all saw obvious truths ignored. I'll give you a good example Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a success. We, you know, that was the most successful airlift in history. Anything that leaves 13 service members dead, thousands of civilians behind energy, enemy lines, and billions of dollars of our weapons in the hands of a terrorist group-controlled government cannot be considered a success. That's true. That is true. And and when we saw babies thrown over barbed wire fences and people clinging to cargo jets to get out of the country, it was hardly registering in our heads, like, wow, this looks like it's going really well. (laughs) but, But Biden got on TV and was like, it was a success! Such an idiot! Never mind that that credibility was already diminished because he had told us the Taliban wouldn't take over. That was the assurance. They're not going to take over. The training, the weapons, our guys, they'll never take over. Don't worry about it. Here he is assuring people. Clip 39.
4: Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Why? Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable.
3: Mr. President, President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Can you please clarify what they have told you about, whether that will happen or not?
4: That is not true. They did not, they did not reach that conclusion.
3: So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse?
4: The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place.
1: And Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in
4: Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Happened? Zero. Mm-hmm. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. So the question now is, where do they go from here? That the jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely.
5: You're a bald faced
1: liar. liar. How about that last clip there, by the way? We're not going to see images of people getting airlifted off of rooftops. <laughs> Dude, but do you understand that was the moment when he went from above water to below water in the polls and never recovered because he was just lying. And that's when, you know, again, it just defies our, our own eyes, you know, and that's why on this trip, there's no cause for optimism because the people on the other side of the table know he's full of it on the off chance he even winds up getting through a sentence. That's the biggest issue we're facing right now. Um, We've got a guy over there that nobody (laughs) can follow. And when you got a guy nobody can follow, nobody can trust, nobody believes, okay, there's no chance that anybody is going to come out of this on top in this country.
0: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullsh**. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler. Hey,
2: Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me, her brain is so empty. They push green energy, it is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. gasoline, man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning and I'm totally screwed.
1: Oh, it's a mess out there. I'm telling you, man. It's a, you go to a gas station on the west side of Manhattan, they don't even list the prices. There's just a picture of whatever sex act you have to perform in order to afford a gallon of gas from the guy.
6: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. No,
1: it's bad, man. It is, it's a mess. We're going to be talking about it with Daniel Turner in the next break and uh, over and over and over again. But before we get to that, uh, Jake is on the line. Jake's a friend of the show, and he wants to take some cheap shots at Jill Biden. And it's just been that kind of week. So let's go, Jake. How you living, man?
7: Jimmy, I'm doing great. Great to hear your voice. Uh, thank you so much for taking the call.
1: Ah, oh, Jake. Are you, are you really, you're out in Montauk right now? Is that what I'm to believe?
7: I am.
6: Wow. $7
1: um, for gas. I, that's what I was going to say. It's actually kind of impressive. I met a guy when I was in L.A. who was hitchhiking. He's like, I was hitchhiking across the country. I, I can't imagine like anybody picks up a hitchhiker these days and doesn't at least want like a 20 from him. You know what I mean? It's like bumming a cigarette when it became 13 bucks a pack. Yeah. But uh, right. g- give me this, Jake. What is this Joe Biden take I hear of?
7: Well, you know, I understand that things aren't doing too well financially now, especially with the you know, with the gas. So I thought of a what I hope is a pretty creative solution to raise some more money for the United States. And I believe that Taco Bell uh, should hire Joe Biden as a corporate sponsor for commercials. And we shouldn't, you know, use that money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're playing off the breakfast taco thing. I love it. I think it's creative. But what I'm going to say, Jake, really quick, because we're 20 seconds from a commercial break, is with all due respect to Taco Bell, the last thing we need under Joe Biden is more people making a run for the border. I think we have enough of those. Daniel Turner will be back after this. Jake, we love you. Say hi to Montalk.
0: It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up for this next guest. He joins me on the phone all the time, but today he is in studio where he can play with the Millennium Falcon. That's not a euphemism. This is not a, It's not like a Jeffrey Tubin show. This is actually just a real prop that's here in the studio. Daniel Turner, executive director of Power of the Future in the house. Hey, girl.
5: It is so good to be here in studio in person. It's, it's much better radio when you can see the person. No, it is fun, right? It is, you absolutely. Like, you don't have the delay. Because that's a, you feel like it's weird, but the delay, when
1: you're remote, it turns every conversation into an interview with Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> it's
5: like the, the guy needs time to process it. There's yeah. this little gap and stuff like that. And I can see when you actually are rolling your eyes at my comments, <laughs> my attempt at humor, <laughs> as opposed to I just assume you're rolling your eyes at my attempts at humor. As I put on my sunglasses. <laughs> Good to see you, my man.
1: Did you, by the way, really quick, I on this, for, for everybody listening and not watching on Fox Nation, you got a Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You got an old school Voltron. On a He Man, which by the way, I don't know that we can say He Man.
5: Is it they, it's, them? It's, the, it's, it's Zim Man. Zim Zim Zero Persons. Zim. <laughs> I, I don't know you even call this some old school WWF. Did you play with any of this stuff as a kid? Um, I was a little old for He Man. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm 47, so I'll reveal okay. my age, but I definitely had a Millennium Falcon. You it, did, was, right? technically it was technically my older brothers, but uh, I knew. Me you know, too. But it was a hand-me-down for me. That's funny. That's so, my brother Mike's yeah. Millennium Falcon, and yeah. I did not play with it as a
1: kid. But he did give it to me as a hand-me-down for the studio. Yeah, that was, mean, it was great. I mean, yeah. this
5: is—I've seen vintage ones still in the box that go for huge like, absurd. Money. Money yeah.
1: Isn't it amazing I uh, know That all that big money And he had like a G.I. Joe helicopter I heard the aircraft carries
5: like $10,000 And you want to think Like if your 9 year old kid Got that in 1972 And he was like I'm going to leave it In the box forever yeah. You were like At the time I'm sure you were Very disappointed in him yeah. But now you're like My kid was a genius <laughs> My kid was But a still genius. I think I'd rather the kid Who like rips it open Christmas morning And starts you know Zooming around uh, you know. But <laughs> Yeah because that's what you want You want the
1: reaction <laughs> yeah. shot You know what the kid is like No no dad I'm a, I'm a collector so This is going to be vintage <laughs> (laughs) someday. (laughs) That would be really funny, man. Well, and again, if you're getting $10,000 for one of these, you can buy almost a tank of gas, which is good. (laughs) Let me ask you this. You're my energy guy. We're laughing. I almost, isn't the price of gas artificially lower because they suspended the gas tax? Like, what am I to deduce from looking at the price right now? Did
5: Did New York suspended it officially? Because it's a region by uh, yeah, region thing. I don't thing. know that it
1: is here. But I don't think it is, to be honest with you. Last night, I paid on Strong Island five thirty five a gallon. That's still
5: pretty high. It's really high. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, when I hear them say, oh, the price of gas is down $0.30,
5: cents, that's savings. I'm like, it's not
1: savings if we're still paying $3
5: more than we were, or
1: $2.80 no. more than we were. And
5: one of the things that I was concerned about was we saw oil at 120 a barrel, and, and I remember. I remember thinking we're going to get it down to 100 eventually and they'll take credit for this but I think it's at 95 or so right now but still 95 is is absurdly high. Yeah. I mean oil if all things being equal oil should be 60 65 dollars a barrel yeah. like it was in the good old days and so we shouldn't celebrate 95 dollars a barrel. That's so funny. It's so true. It's a lot of points
1: they make. There's a lot of places where they declare victory yeah. that you shouldn't be celebrating. Like one of the points they're making to defend inflation and it's not even true is that like ah but it's so much worse than the other industrialized <laughs> nations. Which number one it's not. But number two, America's cell was never you should see the, the other, other guy. guy. Yeah. You know the old joke about a fist fight where a guy has two black eyes and his teeth are missing, but he's like, You should see the other
5: guy. Yeah. And you that's know, who we are now? It is. And you know, Obama, I gotta say, started a lot of these metrics on the governor on the gubernatorial or the or the, the, the Government level. Mm -hmm. Remember back in the day when he was doing jobs saved or created? Yeah, yeah. And they would come out with the jobs report every month, and he would say, well, because of – you know, all of my, my outrageous spending. We saved these. They would have gone away. And, and yeah, so how do we measure what things would have been had not these actions occurred? That's totally unmeasurable. It's very unscientific. You want to know what it is? It, it reminds me of sabermetrics in baseball, of like
1: Moneyball. Yeah. How they created all these new stats to quantify a guy who's good, but they don't actually signify a good player. They're yeah. like, well, this guy can't hit. He can't run. He can't throw. Yeah. But he's got this OBPS dot whatever that's a 72. And like, like, oh, the OBPS
5: dot whatever's a yeah, 72. Exactly. His He's, third at bat every Thursday he walks. And, and that's a this, great... This guy you know, strikes out every time up. But technically speaking, you can never hit a double play doing yeah, that. Exactly.
1: we got to get this guy. And I'm like, really? That's how we're governing now? Exactly. No, I no, mean, you don't understand. This guy striking out every time he goes to the prompter, that's good. Biden doesn't hit any double plays.
5: That's the thing. Yeah. And when he does, because when he does hit the ball, he runs to the wrong base. But that's another story for another time. Yeah, Kevin Brown rarely hits people with a with the, with the pitch. And it's like... He <laughs> (laughs) he's the least amount to plunk a player and it's like that's great Uh, you know he also hardly ever gets in the game because he's always got some injury I I always rag on him when I come on your show for some reason he's my go-to because he was the guy who sold us the dream and then in 2004 when the Yankees had their epic collapse against the Boston
1: Red Sox Red Sox came back from 03 it happened at Yankee Stadium I was there I hate to brag I don't know that it's the brag that it sounds like Uh, but Kevin Brown if you remember it was freezing out that day he took the man with no sleeves on and if you were in the stands you're like oh this guy's Amped. This is it. I thought he took like the good wind stroll, the good yep. steroids, and was going to strike out like 28 batters somehow. he would only have to face 27. <laughs> I thought he was so amped up on steroids, he was going to strike out more than
5: necessary. His second inning was. <laughs> he was out of the
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make two innings.
5: I know. Port... But he was
1: sleeveless. We're Sorry,
5: waiting. Kevin, if you're listening. We love you, buddy, but, but you are an example of, of, of hopes. And mm-hmm. unmeasurable, unknowables. He would have been the greatest pitcher. He would have. And, yeah, and, and so oil would have been at this price point. But we, don't, we can never know those measurable things. But what we can measure is the fact that you paid 535 Ouch. Are you celebrating that you didn't pay 595 No, you're still <laughs> paying 535 And understand, I drive a white Bronco. <laughs> I have a new Ford Bronco. Do you really? Yes, and, I, and my wife has
1: never behaved better, by the way. She's so like, <laughs> the a white Bronco. <laughs> She's, no arguments, no nothing, no back talk. I kid, I kid. But I, I did. I drove away like I was O.J. on the 405 at three miles an hour because I'm like, I'm not getting any gas mileage. It's 535 a gallon. That's yeah, crazy. It is. That's it is. where we're at. Daniel oh. Turner's in studio, if you're just joining us, the executive
5: director of Power of the Future. You were saying. Uh, I mean, all of these metrics are just awful, yep. uh, and and, it's, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And now our president's in Saudi Arabia oh. talking to the guy. That would be like if tomorrow I invited Kevin Brown on the show to talk about <laughs> how much I love him. He'd be like – Kevin would listen and be like, you were just ragging on me yesterday <laughs> for, for like a, the whole campaign – Biden was ragging on the Saudis, <laughs> reprobates, the most reprehensible, yep. and now he's like, hi, your majesty, could you produce more oil for it's me? so embarrassing. Yeah. Oh,
1: it's so embarrassing. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though. All of these alternatives they're pitching, I saw you tweeting a little bit about wind in Texas and everything in between. Yeah. This went on in Ohio where Jenny's family's from. People put up windmills got paid money for windmills. Big money. But nobody necessarily got any reliable electricity out of it. No. Is that the issue they're having in That's Texas? That's totally the
5: issue in Texas. They have spent $66 billion. And this is no offense to you great Texans who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few states who like to be dumped on more than Texans. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, they're, and, they're, they're, and, and they're all armed. So yeah, they take and, us they're out. They're a very proud yeah, state. Yeah, we can't mess with them. But your state spends $66 billion in wind turbines, and on a good day, it produces 15% of its capacity. Yeah. And they keep saying, well, it's got the capacity. It's the same Kevin Brown metric. He has the capacity <laughs> to strike out 28 batters. But it's well, the he, wind! He, he faced two, and they pulled him. It's like, yes, <laughs> but the capacity is amazing. And that's the wind capacity. They're saying you have the capacity to power half the state's electric grid with wind power, but it's doing 8%. And they were like, well, yeah, but it could. <laughs> this,
1: you never know. We might have this windy day exactly. coming up.
5: So $66 billion for basically what is beautiful uh, art installations across these plains. And the farmers who gave up their land, who were getting huge royalty checks to lease their land for these wind turbines, they're still getting paid. Yeah. Right? The only people getting fleeced are, are the Texans yeah. who are paying more for expensive fossil fuels because they're buying them at a pinch because yeah. they're like, crap, wind isn't working. We got to buy some more fossil well, well, fuel gonna, energy. Well, I was just going to ask you that. What ultimately
1: happens in these... these... These places where wind doesn't work, do they default to coal? What happens?
5: They default to uh, fossil fuels always. In Texas, it's less coal, but there still is a good amount of coal and natural gas. But they have to ramp these things up fast, right? If you've got to maintain a consistent 80,000 megawatts to power your state, Mm -hmm. well, what's the wind going to blow out in an hour? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's the sun going to blow out an hour? I don't know. And, and you know, something like, like the electric grid, it's like real science, yeah. not like believe in science or yeah, like yeah. social science. It's like science, like engineering science. So it's not like men can get pregnant <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So how, how, you know, how many uh, – if, if men can get pregnant – you know how many like like outfits am I buying for you in the case that you get pregnant? It's yeah. like, well, that's an unknowable, right? <laughs> because you, and that's what we're doing with the with this with the wind and solar game in Texas.
1: It's so fascinating, man. Because as I'm watching this go on, it 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 really does seem like almost fantasy. Yeah. Because there is no way, I don't think, to quantify yeah. what the energy output's gonna be. No. I mean the oversimplification I use all the time is like, you know, when it comes to climate change. The the biggest joke in the world is the weatherman is wrong eighty two percent of the time when he yeah. tells you the weather tomorrow. Yeah. But he's dead set on what it's gonna be fifty years from 100% now. Hundred
5: percent knowable. Who yeah. could buy that? Exactly. In what
1: world can you buy that? And
5: you know, we look at Texas and we say, Boy, that's an example of what not to do. Again, no offense, Texas, but but there are other countries. Look at look at the Germans. Yeah, oh. right. What they are going through right now is the result of 20 years of this, where yeah. they pay six times what we do for mm-hmm. for electricity. Is that I mean, true? Yes. Oh look, at, look at your gracious. electric bill on a month and times it by six. Wow. And saying, how in the heck is this possible? It's possible because we listened to some stupid Swedish girl, <laughs> and she dictated our, our policy. I shouldn't say stupid. I should say yeah. ignorant or yeah. misled. Yeah. And she dictated our climate policy, and we bought her tears, and we said, wow, she's very afraid about tomorrow. Because Greta Thornburg yelled at the UN. Exactly. That's and, so crazy. And they bought it. Wow. You know, they bought it. The no, world's going to end. In, we have a member of Congress who said the world's like going to like end in 12 <laughs> years. We shouldn't take scientific advice from anyone who uses the word like exactly. twice in a sentence. Exactly. <laughs> and we did, and we are all suffering the result of it. And that's why when people are like, why is my gas so expensive? That's why. Why is my electricity so expensive? That's why. Because these people who are unscientific, and they're afraid. And you know what? And I'm sorry. If you're really afraid you're going to die of climate change, that's that's terrible. But you have a mental problem, and, and that doesn't mean you get to determine the rest of our quality of life. That's a
1: great point, Daniel Turner. We're talking to my man- Man Daniel Turner, and I always think back to that whole idea that you know Germany made this big hard pivot. I don't expect good judgment out of people who listen to David Hasselhoff on the radio. (laughs) <laughs> but, but but I get the term, you know, you hear a lot in politics. We always, you know, we used to talk a lot more about virtue signaling. Yeah. But I almost feel like that's all climate change is. is yeah. it's, it's, it's a virtue signal oh, to totally. better people. We're Absol- saving the
5: planet. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, look at the leaders of it, right? Yeah. Look at DiCaprio and his yachts. Look at John Kerry and his private jet. He's yeah. probably flying somewhere right now, probably to some sub Saharan African continent or country to tell them that they have to use wind power. But then he's not going to wind power himself back across the Atlantic. <laughs> he's going to fly. And he's got to fly private because he can. Yeah. So it's all virtue signaling. Gosh, it's such a racket. It's man. total racket. I'm blown away by
1: it. Like, there's a part of me, like, I'm happy if you're a farmer in Texas, you got a big pricey windmill, you're making big dough. You yeah. might as well. They give, we give them stupid money to enough other things, you exactly. know. Exactly. But the scam that's being purported on the rest of us is, you know, perpetuating the rest of us is, is bananas. Let me ask you this it's complete non sequitur, but it's te- we're on the subject of Texas. Congressman Ronnie Jackson, he may be on tomorrow, he's a former White House physician. He reported. Reportedly, uh, got an angry email from Obama, mm-hmm. as his he treated Obama in the White House. He's Obama's White House physician. Obama emailed him and said it was a cheap shot that he said Biden isn't all there. But in what world? Yeah. In in what world does any objective person watching Joe Biden quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished yeah. and saying, "Oh no, no, this guy's on top of it." Yeah, are uh, we missing something? No, do, we, do and, I owe Obama an apology?
5: Well, you know, I, I again we have to play the, the game equally on both sides. And, and when, when president Trump like kind of slipped a little going down a ramp, a ramp, we had conversations about invoking the 25th amendment. Yeah. Right. But, but with Joe Biden is literally shaking hands with an empty chair. And as you said, sometimes he just finishes
4: his.
1: <laughs> I'll give you, are you ready for one?
4: <laughs> Here? How about listen to this soaring oratory? Are you ready? You know, the rapidly rising, uh, um, uh, and with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, that's a president. I know. Okay,
1: next question. I but, know you know this one. It's famous.
4: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Like it, 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 it's a dereliction of duty
1: for a doctor to not say. Well, I, I
5: think there's something going on here. Can't wait to engrave that on some <laughs> wall somewhere in D.C. Right, it. some big memorial <laughs> where
1: they have those big quotes, like those Lincoln quotes etched in granite. Uh,
5: Jefferson would be so proud, um, but we need a big wall if we're going to use any Kamala Harris quotes because that <laughs> that that vice president can go on and on and on. So imagine the size of it. It has to be the Berlin Wall where it's just <laughs> the truths of the truths about knowing the truth because I personally believe.
1: Oh, the one today, I'll play it since you're here and you brought it up. The one about the get going. It's my favorite thing in the world, Justin. Until tomorrow's when she gets out there. It was like uh, that. Yeah, take it away, Justin.
3: Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot you of redundancy.
5: Do. There's a lot of redundancy. How are they expanding access? Again, that's just a question for the media. How are you expanding access to transportation? Yeah. Like, just just show me a concrete example. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't, are they giving people cars? <laughs> You know, like no, Oprah? What that mean- <laughs> no, what that means
1: is they're cutting somebody a massive check yes. for some type of infrastructure thing that's not going to happen or is yeah. going to take 50 years. Because she also has a quote today that we played about how this administration is, is lowering prices for millions of people. I'm like, if inflation's at a 41-year high, no one's paying a lower price unless, no. uh, unless the fact that they mean that woke district attorneys aren't enforcing shoplifting laws. Technically speaking, yeah, you're lowering prices because they don't have to pay. They can walk out the store without going to jail. But that's the fascinating part is that I I really feel – and I don't think I'm being partisan in saying this. I feel like we're actually watching incompetency, which is crazy. Totally. In in the highest office, and it's like – I will tell you this. As someone like – I've had writing jobs, written for TV shows and stuff like this. One of the things they tell you as a writer is you are always trying to avoid redundancy in speech. Don't make the anchor get on the air. Don't yourself get on the air as the anchor and say the same word three times in a sentence. I promise you there's another word for the word you're trying to say that will make it sound interesting. So it's amazing to think that either the the, the vice president in some instances or the people writing for the vice president don't have that basic fundamental down. No. No. And so this is what I wanted to ask you really quick. Is it because like in the age of identity politics – and this speaks to a little bit to Joe Biden talking about breakfast tacos – they just think being relatable – like here's someone who looks like a class of people, ergo vote for them. That means they know what they're doing. Did they get so lazy because that was effective for a few years that they just didn't think to maybe find merit? In the appointments they were
5: making, that's a great question. Um, I also think there's the, there's definitely truth to that. I also think they hire a bunch of you know English majors from Brown University who uh-huh. don't live in the real world and and they don't really study classic literature because that's obviously racist or sexist or something Mm -hmm. heteronormative Um, so they don't really have like a deep under
1: I'm not going to sit here and listen to you defend the patriarchy
5: I'm up against a hard out if all of your literature classes you're actually not doing literature but you're talking about whether or not men can get pregnant you've never learned anything about writing a good speech (laughs) Uh, but then you have a degree Uh, and so you get a job and the next thing you know you compare Latinos to breakfast tacos
1: spoken like the sexist transphobe you are (laughs) Daniel Turner I'll see you on TV tonight looking forward to it. Great stuff. We're
0: back after this. It's the number one children's show in the country.
2: He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad.
0: <gasps> oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. But the party's just getting started. I am heading over to the Fox Business Network where I will be hosting Kennedy tonight on FBN, the show that started it all. You know, I'm the former head writer for that show. Uh, spent almost three years, right, and everything you saw on the camera except for Kennedy's brilliant monologues, and she is brilliant. Uh, I consider her pound for pound the most talented person in cable news, so it's quite a high honor to fill her stilettos for another evening tonight. And tomorrow, if you're up early or you're still out from the night before like I'll be, I will be on Fox & Friends First with the great Carly Shimkus. I will be co-hosting Outnumbered, and you will see me tomorrow night facing off against Dagan McDowell in Tucker Carlson's final exam. It is going to be a banger! And uh, don't forget the Stress Factory, Sunday night in Jersey. Come on, I'm going to Jersey. I'm probably going to get jumped for all the jokes I've told about them on TV. I could use a little bit of backup so I don't get beat up by some guy in a Camaro and his wife with her press on nails. Could you help her brother out? Whatever you do, Uh, the show's over, pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just do not, please, by all means, do not be a
6: you-know-what, which is otherwise known to you as a...